This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Greetings, citizens. This is Death Spank. You know, when I'm on an epic quest, nothing makes that time fly by like a good old episode of Game Scoop. Scoop! What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. With me this week is Greg Miller. Hey, Damon. Craig Harris is here. Hi, Damon. It's been a little bit. Hi, but he's been back. By popular six, demand. Well, you were gone for like six yeah, weeks. Yeah, I was in, I was in we Germany. We were in Germany. And, and then you uh, found better people to have on the podcast. Oh, There's nobody go. better, Craig. There's nobody. You I'll are take your word for ir- it. Irreplaceable, as I say. And very special guest this week, Carl Stewart, Global Brand Director at Crystal Dynamics. What up, guys? Here. Welcome, Carl. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Carl was just showing me the uh, uh, some of the downloadable content for Lara Croft and The Guardian of Light, obviously, that came out uh, about a month or so ago on yeah, a month ago, yeah. Xbox Live Arcade and uh, has re- received a lot of acclaim. It's been uh, very Thank well you. received. Uh, I love that game. It's really, really fantastic. And you're about to launch it on PlayStation 3 next week. Yes. Swish. And PC. And PC. At, uh, PC through Steam. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's a title update coming next week for Xbox, Xbox for the XBLA version. Yes. So that'll be the long-awaited online update. So now you can play cooperatively online. Exactly. Uh, and then that'll come a little bit later down the road for the PS3 version. Yeah, we'll, uh, we're working on it right now, so we hope to be able to announce something pretty soon for uh, PS3 and PC. And then we also have the DLC dropping yeah, at so the that's, same time. Yeah, so that also comes next week. And uh, you're telling me that's going to be free uh, for the first 30 days, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like a thank you for bearing with us yeah. gift. So 30 days free, first DLC, and we have three DLC packs coming, which are all challenge maps from uh, inside the game. We've we've pulled together all some of the toughest, toughest challenges, and then we have two special character packs coming. Which uh, how's that? How's that WiiWare version coming? 
slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Once they figure out friends codes, it'll all go down. Um, that, 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 that's a good question. What do you think of What do you think of WeWare? I think WeWare has. I mean, Craig. Oh, it's it's faltered at this point. It's, it's like yeah, it's gone away. It's, no, I mean even Nintendo. It's like, a total failure. You go, right? to, like, go to E3 and there was no there was like, no WeWare backing games. of WeWare, and then e- virtual console is the same way. I mean, kind of. What is the perception on the development? When side? You, I yeah. personally, I, I've we've had so much of a focus on the three SKUs we're working on, so we haven't really touched on anything to do. When with you started WeWare making Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light, did you ever consider a, a, a WeWare version or? Yeah, well, the or guys, the guys, uh, wasn't necessarily we were. It was more just, do we bring it to the Nintendo platform? Yeah. And uh, the guys from the creative team who we asked to sort of sit in the room and kind of come up with the, all the ideas. Um, some of them, yeah, some of the original ideas were definitely looking at DS and looking at Wii. And um, I think after we did, um, I think it was uh, anniversary where we did a Wii version, and it was received very well, and it, we did some unique features, but uh, our our audience, without a doubt at the time, was all PS3 and 360, mm. and the focus was more about, you know, kind of getting the experience that it was unique to that audience and making sure that we, we knew what we were doing. So we we looked at it, and we thought it was some really cool opportunities, but uh, the focus was uh, was definitely on just PC, three, uh, 360 any, and PS3. Any uh, look at the uh, 3DS version? No? Yeah, we spent some time looking at it. It's a really cool cool platform yeah i think we're excited to see what we can do but uh right now we haven't put our stick in the ground on anything yet but i think as every developer looks at it and thinks holy crap yeah. look at what you can do <laughs> i could see like the isometric perspective being really cool on the 3ds especially like a game like lower there's so much verticality and you can uh you know you can often see you quite far into the distance so yeah that could be well that's cool. exactly what we thought when we saw yeah. it. we were like imagine that's cool yeah. so we'll see we'll see of nice. course they just recently announced the psp2 like what is your impressions of it with the unit you guys have. You always have me too. I was like, they announced that? Then I was like, no, no, don't. Shut up, Did they really? Greg, you have your ear to the ground with the PS3 community. The kids going to play Lara Croft on PS3? I think so. I mean, it's get, it's one of the ones that's getting the automatic push from for the demo. The demo is getting yes. automatically pushed to PSN ah. plus pl- people. If you have mm. automatic downloads, your system will turn on right away and grab it for you. Mm. So I think people are excited, especially because it has been doing so well on Xbox. You know what I mean? There mm. is that hubbub of, like, well, what is so good about it? I want to see it. I want to play it. So, of course, plus, that, they, they have the chip on their shoulder. Yeah, We get it late, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, and why is that? I mean, what what is it just the... Was it because you had to make Summer of Arcade for Xbox? Or? Yeah, well, we had the offer of uh, Summer of Arcade from... Microsoft, yeah, and, and with that comes an exclusivity period, mm, mm. and uh, we were we were building all three games in tandem, so it was more of a just a decision yeah. to to participate in a in a bigger promotion, and uh, as a result, you know, four weeks, and we've taken some flack, but we're uh, yeah, at, we least only, it. at least it's only at least it's only at least it's not castle yeah. crashers, Crash so. crashers. Two years later, <laughs> two years later, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, no, Tomb Raider. Uh, the irony is that, that Tomb Raider. Uh, you know the home of Tomb Raider really is on PlayStation platform. Mm. So we're we've gotten that was the first of, game I got for my PlayStation back in the day. That's cool. We, we we've gotten a lot of flack just just purely because people feel like that's the home, right? And yeah. uh, we're we're excited to get it out. We can't wait. We've had a, a lot of good buzz so far leading up to the launch. Looking forward to it. What's what's your your background? How long have you been at Crystal Dynamics? Um, so I I moved to the U.S. like five years ago and started working for Eidos. And uh, you have an adorable accent, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> My accent has changed. When I, when I go back to Ireland, I get a lot of flack from family and friends who are like, "Listen to you, yeah." <laughs> like, no, it's not. Uh, so I moved to, I moved to the U.S. five years ago, uh, maybe six years ago actually, and started working for Eidos within a couple of months of getting here. So I've been working with the company. Um, 
probably five years, and then I moved up to Crystal Dynamics when I finished Batman last year, uh, around October. So as soon as uh, as soon as that was out the door, I had the opportunity to move up to Crystal and kind of uh, take a different view on uh, how the company build games. I think in the past. We've always everybody everybody finds it hard from a publishing side to basically you know work with a developer as in a sort of an outside agency or outside mm. um, company and then pick up the title so close to launch. I think with Batman we learned a lot of lessons and that I was working with Rocksteady from from day one and that looking at like plays the Joker and challenge maps and sort of how retail mixes in and uh, really looking at Crystal and looking at the future, it made perfect sense to be able to sort of take the publishing side and take sort of marketing and brand and bring it into the studio. And now we've built an entire team in the studio just to sort of look at the early stages of developing titles, like mm-hmm. what needs to be done, where the future is kind of heading first. And how did you, you get your start? I know a lot of our listeners would like to work in the game industry someday. So how did you make your way well, here? Well, I have, I have a, weird, a weird story where I actually, I'm a classically trained animator. I went mm-hmm. to college for Walt Disney in Dublin. And uh, when I finished, I didn't want to ever do animation ever again. <laughs> and I don't think I picked up a pencil since, actually. Yeah. Uh, but what it did was it sparked my interest in uh, in how you know the likes of Disney used to teach us about sort of merchandising and that you make a fifty million dollar movie and you can turn it into a half billion dollar empire plus, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like taking the concept. So I moved into marketing and I was doing marketing and brand for uh, probably twelve years, and uh, always been an absolute huge gamer. I was a monster gamer. So when I moved to the US and I had the opportunity to work for IDOS, I jumped on it. So kind of a, a weird way to get into uh, to, to games. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm very happy. We've actually had some listeners write in and say they've been, they're interested in getting into the marketing side of things recently. So Good. Yeah. It's good that we have it's you exciting. on. Greg, how about that Dead Rising 2? How about it? We reviewed it yesterday. Yep. I reviewed it yesterday. You, you did. didn't do much. But I, I, you I didn't caught a typo on my strap line as soon as it went live. Thank that was you. About, that was That's what I'm here for. I'm here you to, did, did, I, I basically am here to point out your mistakes. That's good. You do a good Which job. is a full-time job. Well, he yeah. was also going to involve me in the, what, the multiplayer session. Here we session. go. Jesus He's like, Craig. hey, you want to join us? I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's a copy. Oh, wait. I need a copy for myself. I'm like, oh, well. You're right, ladies and gentlemen. We couldn't test multiplayer until the day before the review went live. So the copies got here at 5 o'clock. So I grabbed a bunch of PS3s. Started the firmware like, upgrade, gonna started me. installing them. <laughs> then I had extra Xbox ones, and I was running around trying to get the PS3s to work so I could capture video so I could go home and walk my dog who had to pee <laughs> so I could then play Xbox at home. So I ran around. I'm doling out copies, and yes, I came to Craig at the very end and said, do you want to play this tonight? And he said, sure. And I started to give him the copy and realized, wait, I need a copy. I've given away three. I need to, I need to do oh, Okay. <laughs> And he called me an offensive term to Jack I heard about later on. What? Really? I'll, I'll dress it up since we're on the air, but it okay. was Native American giver. <laughs> and I, was, I did not enjoy having that thrown in my face, so I'll tell you right now. Because you uh, you actually are 1 16th Native American. It's true. It's true. My, my <laughs> grandfather, when he got here from America, <laughs> found a, a buffalo penny. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm just, the DNA just rubbed off on your uh, Yeah, Dead Rising 2. I 8.0. Liked, I liked it a lot. You gave it I liked 8.0. it a lot. I think it's going to be a very interesting one when everyone in the office starts playing it because I think a lot of people are going to uh, Jim Riley wanted me to go higher Jim Riley would have scored it higher he said he was a big Dead Rising 1 fan uh, that's why I, we, don't, we don't let Jim Riley I know, rate games I know. So. <laughs> Colin, Colin enjoys the game a lot too he wanted to go he thought I should have gone a lot lower Hillary came in today and he, after playing an hour and said well, when's this game get fun it's like uh, alright so <laughs> yeah, that's a, a very feeling, Hillary thing to say I have, I have yeah. a feeling that you're going to see a lot of different opinions across the board I, I like Dead Rising I loved the original Dead Rising I thought it had a lot of problems I think they've solved some of them here uh, Dead Rising 2 my main gripes with it would be that there are still loads every time you leave an area and they're mm-hmm. a bit lengthy like 16-17 seconds and then on top of that, the frame rate's not so hot. Mm-hmm. But 
I, it's still running around killing zombies. I think the combo weapons are really, really cool. I enjoyed the crazy bosses as usual. I mean, it's more of the same in a way, but they've added enough there to where it wasn't like, oh, it's just Dead Rising again. I thought mm. it was interesting. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Case Zero mm-hmm. uh, came out a couple weeks ago yeah. uh, beforehand and was very successful. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, people are expecting Dead Rising that will like uh, predict sales of I, I Dead think Rising it would. I mean, you know, Case Zero, I gave it a 6.5. In, in, in there, I said, it's fun. My problem is that you know, there's a lot of popping. The the loadings I thought were really bad there. Yeah. I mean, like they were bad, bad, and like it didn't look really good, you know. But in there, I said it was fun, and like you know, I I still think that's a great idea. I, I I've off the record, I know some other people are doing some, something similar coming up here. You know what I mean? Scoop, yeah. scoop. <laughs> and uh, that's a great. I think it's a great idea because it's one of those things where if you're into dead, like if they put out all these demos right for games that you're pro- you're gonna maybe get like you know Dead Rising Two, it wouldn't make sense to put out a regular demo, right? I already know how Dead Rising Two is gonna to work or whatever but to put out a case zero where it's like it's an exclusive story it's gonna you can start but you pay for that right you can yeah five, five bucks, bucks a minimal fee like that's what i'm saying I, i'd much rather have a piece of bite-sized content where i'm going to be able to do something and carry over that progress to the main game you know what i mean mm-hmm. a hook to say a month out here you go try this you know get going and this is how it's going to flow in i like that idea yeah, so carl since you're working on a downloadable title do you watch stuff like case zero like yeah yeah i watched it very in, closely yeah. yeah i think it's a great concept yeah i think it was really cool i know some of the guys that working on it and there was uh we were at e3 they were showing it to me and uh i think the, the cool thing is, is 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 to be able to dip into that world earlier like before the game starts exactly so it right. kind of gets you in the moment right in the buzz and to be able to carry over stuff that's huge as well right yeah. it's great interaction between the two platforms it is i think you, you make a good point that's it's much cooler than a demo of, of the game right here's the yeah. level that because then whenever inevitably when we see something early right and then we get to play the game you get to that part of that whatever you've already played and you're yeah. like, all right I so now go i gotta go again. left i gotta go right yeah. i gotta do this this guy's gonna say that it's true i thought it was cool and I think the, the the big thing is is that quality can't diminish. You still have to have good quality. Mm. And I think, as you said, it's it's a great opportunity. Yeah. But I think the more and more we see it, people will start getting better and better and better. Totally and right. To use their I'm own gl- engine and make it feel like it is a portion of the game and but not a spinoff. What's the perception of the the users, the people that are downloading it, or at least you know saying is it they might have ripped it out of uh, Dead Rising Two just to do this so they sell it for a little bit more? Does it feel I think that the way, way the game, the, the way K Zero felt and played and yeah. everything, I think it was very clear this was not going to be. It was made it, separately, completely, this wasn't not something exactly. ripped out of the original product. Because you you there were a lot of weapons in there that you had to explore to find. What what K Zero was. In a lot of ways, was a great introduction to somebody who had never played it. Like Colin, you know, just, just this is his first time playing Dead Rising, so he can, he played for like an hour or two the night before I reviewed it and came in the next day and he's like, so I don't get it. <laughs> he's like, I can't get around all these things. I'm getting beat by. Bo-. I'm like, no, you need to, you know, the whole point of that game is to play, level up, come back, and do it all over again. You know what I mean? Like, see every ending, see, be more powerful. In Case Zero, you know, it's a a, what an hour long game yeah. like for a playthrough so then you'd go through and then you'd start again and get a new ending and do this and then you'd explore and find new weapons and stuff so it was a really cool introduction I thought just the, you know flawed in a technical level <laughs> uh, Little Big Planet 2 Final can't week. wait game of the year 2010 Damon <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah no it's been it's been pushed back I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <No>! <laughs> uh, supposed to be out in November delayed to January. All right. Uh, so how how is that is that significant for uh, the PS3 holiday season? I mean I think so. You think so? I, I I mean I it's one of those things we had a conversation on Beyond yesterday about it of is the holiday season super important anymore? You know what I mean obviously it's super important. Jack was trying to make the case that game developers and publishers are now looking at us not as children anymore where 
everybody has to buy the game for you know your you have a wish list at the yeah, year. You at know, the end of the year. Now gaming's being pitched to adults, so a game coming out at a weird portion, you know. Adults still have gift-giving seasons, though, you know? I know. No, no. I still think it's a big deal. I mean, now they're resting completely on Gran Turismo 5 as far as, like, their first party, here's what we have that's going to be rad. Is that all they have first party for the Christmas season? (sighs) Sly collection. Uh, Sly collection. Uh, Some more move stuff, probably. I mean, move is Move is But again, that we never thought, we didn't think any of those launch titles were amazing. You know what I mean? iPad's the highest rated one with an 8 from us, so. I don't know. Um, I, I think it'll, you know, it's, what's their system seller now? I mean. Yeah, for the holiday season. Kids are good at looking ahead, though, so. Oh, no, Little Big Planet got delayed, but Dead Space, or whatever, you know, uh, Infamous is next year, and yada, yada, so still ask for a PS3, but. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so Media Molecule, developer of uh, Little Big Planet 2, I like their quote, their explanation. They say, we've all been working like powered up space ninjas, and we're <laughs> almost there, but because we love what we've made, and we love our little sack friends, and most of all, we love our fans out there, we couldn't let you all get together until we knew we were giving you the best experience imaginable. Uh, well, so, Carl, you have experience with, with this sort of thing. I mean, like, you have, like, I mean, like how, how, what, is that a, a long conversation you have internally when you're trying to debate like whether whether to delay a game or to, whether to delay a feature like online co-op in, in Lara Croft? Is that something you like really... You, you, we do. Yeah. You really, really do because you've spent so much time and you know, you got to be careful as well because the guys have been working on it get tired, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you've been in crunch mode for so, so long and people have been passionate and putting in so many hours that uh, when a decision, decision like that comes around, it's not, uh, it's not taken very lightly. Yeah. We do the same thing like with Batman. You know, we were, I remember all my ads said May, and then oh, we yeah. pushed to June, and then it was like August, and ultimately, it's about quality, and about you know, yeah. making a promise very early on about the sort of the quality bar, and I think every single developer and every publisher has to do it, and I think, I wish, obviously it's tough to do it, but I wish more people would do it, you know, totally. because I think 100%. a lot of people put games Would delay their of, games. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, when it's ready, it's ready, right? Yeah. I think it's it's unfortunate that certain things like, you know, online functionality is is delayed, and that some people may have said, well, we'll hold the entire game, but you know, it depends. Our game was built for for offline co-op and uh, and single player primarily, and we decided, you know, halfway through the cycle that this would be awesome online. So for us, it was a bit tougher because we had a goal set straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for a lot of games that do get delayed, I think it's always done for the right reason. But wouldn't that something like that itself delay a game? Like when you when you decide to rip out a certain mode and hold the you know hold that for the next round and it's like you had still have to test that you, you've totally taken a chunk out of the game now you have to test it and all that stuff doesn't that add more well i think the... that was that's 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 my point is that we, yeah. we started making uh, guardian of light with single player and co-op so we had built the foundations of a game of that and then through focus testing and research everybody was like well, holy cow i can take that online i can play with my friends like and as i was saying to you earlier on it's the first time that the community will have really played with each other and spoken to each other over voice so to us it was an entire new system that we built on top and uh, there was a moment in time where we realized internally that uh, the same quality wasn't being seen in the online that was being seen in the offline and the single player. So I think it's a, it's a tough decision. I'm, I'm I'm glad if it's if it's the right move for those guys. Uh, you know the game will be better for it. Mm. I think it's uh, it's always hard. But uh, I'm a big little big planet fan, so take your time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How much would that suck, right? I mean, as a- ambitious as that game is, if they did like, well, we're gonna do it, and it came out and it was like broken. Like, oh, yeah. God. And I think that is hugely ambitious. That game. Yeah. Oh like, my God. This is, yeah. this is beyond. It's a really big game. This is yeah. this is in the like stratosphere of ideas. Yeah. Like when that first trailer came out, I was like, oh my God. Have you seen God. it? Like, have you seen? You had the chance to fool around with it? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't at all. But if but, Media Molecule listening, I want Lara Croft. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, yeah. I played at a Comic Con <laughs> and they had the music generator working and like the stuff people like they were doing is like oh my like it's it's so intimidating in a way you know what I mean I'll never yeah, I find it to... intimidating yeah it's one of those things I, I it took me a week I remember during Christmas break to make my very basic level and yeah. like I will not be able to do this anything they're doing here and I think yeah. if people I think it's very easy to turn around and cry foul and say hey why are you delaying it but I think that's a really ambitious project oh yeah anybody who got in under the hood to see that would appreciate the rationale behind it. What's there's a famous quote about that? So a delay is temporary, but a bad game is bad forever, or exactly. something like that, right? <laughs> who, who said that? Somebody like a famous? It's like Nolan Bushnell or somebody said that. Right? I think it was Jeremy Dunham. Yeah, Jeremy Dunham said that. Yes. <laughs> I was going to claim that. <laughs> uh, my favorite news story of the week: Sony warns of fake exploding <laughs> PS3 controllers. Yep. Jim had to ask me if he should write that. I'm like, yes. The headline alone will sell that. It's fantastic. Uh, there, Sony is warning about counterfeit. PlayStation 3 controllers. Now, what it confuses me, counterfeit to me sounds illegal. Like, like yeah, yeah. counterfeit has to deal with someone fraud. Is, like someone you're, is selling you're a fraudulent. controller that looks exactly like the Sony controller. But how is that being sold in stores if they're counterfeit? Like, where, where are these controllers available? Yeah. I, I think it's uh, knockoff stores. No, so no, is it like some shop like, in Chinatown here where yeah. they're selling a $5 PlayStation 3 exactly. controller that explodes? It's not like GameSpot <laughs> or GameStop has yeah, a okay. So you have to like it, this is like back alley stuff. This is I like black so. market. I mean, stuff. does it not say in there? I've, I, it doesn't G- say where where these controllers sure are available. Because I actually want to get some cheap PS3 yeah. controllers. <laughs> really? okay. I think the risk is worth it if they're, they, if they're cheap enough. They're warning you of it, but do they explain how to know whether it's a counterfeit or not? Uh, no, they. I, uh, there is it, extremely. It, it won't be an officially licensed Sony product. You know. It's not going to be in that bubble pack. So, uh, so here's a question. So, are they saying that there uh, there are controllers that look exactly like a PlayStation Three controller sold as a Sony made PlayStation Three controller? Or are they just saying, oh, there are third party controllers? They say they out look identical that... in appearance. Okay, so, so they're saying that, not yeah. don't buy third party controllers. Well, they are saying <laughs> Sony issued a consumer <laughs> alert this this week. So Sony says. Uh, uh, it is possible that some counterfeit product may ignite or explode, resulting in injury or damage to the user. Uh, SCEA advises consumers to be cautious uh, when buying PlayStation 3 controllers from uncertain sources as the quality, reliability, and safety of counterfeit products is uncertain and in some cases may be dangerous. So they, advi- they, they uh, urge consumers to only use first-party genuine PS3 okay, controllers, so which a, of course is, it is like, a knock against the third-party controllers uh, market out there. Then, well, they, not they, really. They I mean, they're not saying ma- don't trust Mad Cats. I mean, the, like <laughs> Jim Riley has what? a very boring YouTube video of uh-huh. the knockoff controller compared to the real controller, okay. and it does look identical. Okay. Like all the thing, the, the guy who has it is like, yeah, you know, I got it. It wasn't sinking, and I could tell something was wrong because the LED lights are raised, and here this hmm. doesn't feel smooth. And it's, but I mean, it looks spot on. I got gotcha. you. They just released a pink DualShock Three. Go get that. The, P- the PS3 yeah, people. Been advertised. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. The Kirby nice. color. Yeah. Now, only if I can get my wife to play games with me. Buy her for Christmas. She won't play games with you? She's not a, <laughs> she's, she's not a huge gamer, no. Yeah. She, she laughs at me because it's, it's, as we all know, right? They all go to bed at 11 yeah. o'clock and yeah. we go, good night, babe. Yep. See you later. Yeah, you crawl to bed at 4 in the morning. Uh, Sony is uh, planning to introduce software updates to disable these counterfeits and unlicensed controllers. Swish. Craig, how's that uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns? Ah, I saw it uh, earlier in the week. It's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, it was the first time that we saw it since uh, E3, which and Gamescom. Gamescom had the E3 build, so I played it like twice. Hmm. This is the first time I actually could see um, more going on in that game, and they're doing some pretty cool stuff. I wouldn't say it's as you know ambitious as uh, what Retro did with back in the, the day. Yeah, back in the day with Metroid Prime or anything, but it, it's a great representation of what it was on the Super Nintendo, but just now in real time. Yeah. So there's some cool stuff going on. And that comes out this year, right? Yeah. It's uh, November 17th, I think. That and Kirby. 
Kirby comes out the October 17th. Uh, it's just right around yeah. the corner. And I think we're going to do the playthrough Kirby on our charity thing. Oh, good. So yeah. That'll be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Extra life. TinyURL.com slash Extra Life. Let's remind everybody what Extra Life is all about. Extra Life is a 24-hour gaming marathon benefiting the Children's Miracle Network. All of your favorite IGN editors will be staying up for 24 hours in the IGN offices on Saturday, October 16th from 8 a.m. till 8 a.m. Oh, 8 a.m.? Oh, no. The 24 hours you can do if it started at noon. But the 8 a.m., that's going to be the ball buster. 8 a.m. to 8 a.m., yeah. Uh, We'll be online playing games. We'll be you streaming from our office so you can join us in certain games or you can tell us what you want to see play. Uh, Before then, you can... And scope out and give us donations at tinyurl.com slash extra IGN. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, are you still embargoed on this uh, curvy vehicle? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I, um, uh, you told us off the, uh, off, I, off the air, and it was pretty epic. There is another uh, Kirby event happening next week, so maybe that's when they'll lift the embargo. Okay. Uh, we found out some... Uh, Information on the 3DS, uh, like their, the specs yeah, of the 3DS, right? Um, they, they have lots of chipset memory stuff. Like apparently it has uh, 64 megabytes of, of internal m- memory, but also 1.5 gigabytes of internal storage, which is kind of low to today's standards, but yeah. way bigger than what Nintendo's given. I mean, the Wii only has 512 megabytes right. of storage. The DSi only has 256 megabytes of storage. So this is kind of a big jump for Nintendo to give that much storage mm-hmm. for downloadable stuff or, or for game saves or whatever. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. But um, it's a pretty powerful, uh, powerful system. Uh, not nearly as, say, powerful as like a, you know an iPhone or whatever. Like it's still kind of like a generation behind everyone else. But yeah. that's Nintendo's way, right? You know, it's like make it make it cheap, make yeah. it profitable, yeah. and make it you know acceptable in this current generation. Yeah. Even if it's kind of and make just enough to keep selling it. Exactly. You know, like the, <laughs> you know, the, from what I understand, like you know, back in the Game Boy Advance days, like. Uh, you know that system cost uh, what a hundred bucks or whatever. They made you know they they could make it for five bucks. So they make a lot of money That's on their awesome. handheld stuff. Yeah, exactly. Wow, <laughs> wow. <laughs> So you expect the same thing with the 3ds. It's got pretty displays. Yeah, and, but that's not going to drive up the cost of the system too much. What it, they're always about money. What do you think about the release now? When when you when you I okay. So next week they're going to have a an <coughs> event, a, a, a press event in Japan. They're going to announce the no. Apparently they're not going to allow. Is Jack going? No. So we have a we have foreign Claiborne going. No, we have a foreign correspondent. Yes, no, we have a foreign correspondent going, um, and he's going to cover the show. But apparently they don't allow foreign press. You know, like a you know IGN is you know U.S. press. They're not going to allow U.S. press to go to this event because it's only for Japan. They're going to announce the stuff on September 29th, where we'll find out price, release date, colors. Games, okay. all that fun stuff. That's just that's just next week. Yeah. What are the odds of them saying the release date is September thirtieth? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> do I, I, I am putting myself down and saying it's going to be the first week of November in Japan. Not Japan. not going to come out this year in, in the, the spring. US. Yeah, because uh, we have I have an event to go to next week from Nintendo, but it has nothing to do with 3ds. Yes. So I don't think Nintendo has Nintendo of America has anything set up for 3ds related stuff while this is happening in Japan. Yep. Uh, we've uh, I think we've officially started the fall. Oh, yeah. Gaming season. There's lots of big games coming out. Uh, next week, we'll have reviews of Castlevania, Lords of Shadow, and Guitar Hero, Warriors of Rock. So look out for those. And Front Mission Evolved. Front Mission Evolved. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Jeez. A desk away, slaving away in these mechs. Come on. Uh, yeah, so that's all coming next week. Uh, very good news, listeners. Uh, we've been talking. A lot of listeners always ask us how they can get old episodes of GameScoop. And it's kind of a hassle going through them all. But uh, is it? Isn't it just a list on iTunes? 
No, they, they only do like 15. Like the oh, most really? recent 15. Or, uh, so what happens to the rest? They just toss them? Yep. I don't know. Ask Matt Casamassina. What, uh, what does he do with them? Stores <laughs> uh, them under his desk. <laughs> but Overlord of the Superfans, Matt Jones. Matt Jones? They, you know, you don't... This is this is why this is what makes him overlord the superfans. He uh, created a, an account on my IGN Gamescoop archive, archives Gamescoop archives I think plural, uh, and uh, he's cre- writing blog posts on there where he's just he's linked every uh, single episode starting from number one. So I think he's up into the 30s now. So uh, very cool. We really appreciate that uh, work from Matt Jones. So each blog post is just a description of the no, podcast. No, no, each blog post has like 10 episodes. Oh, okay. Just link you can you can play them right in your browser or you can download them wow. uh, the MP3s so Look it's very that. cool yeah power uh, of WordPress allowing you to play it in the browser it's amazing yeah so that's very cool uh, if you're a new newish listener uh, you can uh, start all the way back at the very <laughs> beginning episode one in 2000 where we were, where we were sitting in like had the microphone in our hands yes. or in, on a on a tripod yeah or something. exactly four years ago yeah. we've been uh, running this podcast those were the days. Okay, our code giveaway this week comes by way of listener Adam Jenkins. He has a code for the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood multiplayer beta on PlayStation 3. These need to be entered at the official site. So it's assassinscreed.com slash VIP beta. One more time, assassinscreed.com slash VIP beta. After you follow a few steps, you will enter this code. ACB-B6M2BO28ZP. Good luck. Whoever gets the code gets into the Assassin's Creed multiplayer beta. Uh, make sure you send good vibes to Adam Jenkins. He actually has more codes to give away, but I'm not going to read uh, off a whole bunch of uh, codes here. Uh, but apparently he gives these codes away on Twitter, so uh, if you want to follow Adam Jenkins on Twitter, uh, maybe you uh, haven't done the chance to win some more codes. And while you're at Twitter following Adam Jenkins, you might as well follow me as well. Uh, let's check in with the listeners. This is Tom Ratliff. He says, uh, my birthday is next week. For as long as I can remember, I've gotten some video game related gift. I think my fondest memory was getting Super Mario Bros. 2, Friday the 13th, and Mega Man 2, all for the same birthday. That's a nice wow. birthday. Knock Friday the 13th all you want, but that game was great and scared <laughs> the crap out of a seven-year-old. Really? What? Yeah, okay. Seven-year-old? <laughs> that game was not good. I think he just wanted to be scared, so he forced himself to Whoa, be scared. Oh, it's Jared! <laughs> Uh, what was your? What are your fondest birthday memories? I'll be 28, by the way. Uh, I think I got, I got uh, the, Ninten- the Nintendo 64 and Mario 64 for my 19th birthday. Uh, that was pretty great. I'm trying to think, I don't remember getting any games on my birthday, but I remember getting games on my parents' birthday. Like they will buy the games for each other, but they're obviously getting it for us. If that <laughs> oh, makes any sense cute. to you, yeah. yeah. So, but I don't remember getting any games on my birthday. Mainly because my birthday, well, it's next week, but um, it falls, it fell in the beginning of the school year. Scoop. <laughs> well, we get, it, it always fell in the beginning of the school year, and I was a terrible student, so I always get punished, and they would take my game system away. So it was kind of an encouragement. But you know, my parents' birthday, you know, later in the year or even in the summer. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. Any birth gaming? Yeah, birthday yeah. Memories? Uh, uh, one time I got World Series Baseball on Sega Genesis. Uh-huh. I was very excited about that. Played that quite a bit. And then another one, I got the Sega Saturn. Nice. You got the Sega Saturn for your birthday? Did not pan out. <laughs> it was a good memory. Oh, good memory yeah. at the time. Oh. That fizzled out in the end. Yeah. How about you, Carl? Any uh, um, yeah, I, gaming uh, birthday memories? I can't remember what age I was, but it was when the, the 64 came out, and my mom bought it for my birthday. Well, she bought it about a month early, hmm. and uh, she hid it in her bedroom. 
and I found it. You found it. You're sitting <laughs> around. When I was babysitting every night, I'd take it out and take it out of the box really carefully and plug it in. And I, That's awesome. Oh my gosh. And I was playing like F1 for, for an entire month before, uh, before my birthday. And then the day my mom gave it to me, obviously uh, I looked at the box and it was battered, which never be paying any attention. But she thought it was a genius because I was like playing through the game very easily. Awesome. You were just like, <laughs> like I was trying it. Like I was, I was a genius. And uh, I had to tell her afterwards about four years later I was going to say yeah (laughs) (laughs) to this day I still feel really bad because that was a surprise (laughs) I had to act like I was like oh my god thank you Uh, I'm bored I've been playing can you buy me a new game (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome uh, this is Ryan Burke. You recently asked how people listen to the podcast, as well as mentioned great places to eat in Kansas City. I'm from Kansas City. Yeah, Greg went to school around there. Uh, well, I kind of do both. On the weekends for a second job, since teaching first grade pays zero money, I deliver a pizza for Minsky's. Yeah, he does. While driving, I listen to the podcast. I was shocked when you mentioned Minsky's Pizza. I agree, it's the best pizza in KC. Anyway, I have a question about why Greg always mentions MU, but never gives the Royals or Chiefs any love. Never mind that they both stink right now. You got to stick with your teams during the bad times. <laughs> yeah, I get this question a lot. Uh, people seem to skip chapters, and it, it's hard. You know, you 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 hear me for an hour a week. But uh, I went to the University of Missouri, which is in the middle of Missouri, Columbia, yeah, Missouri. Yeah. However, I grew up in Chicago, so any professional sports allegiance are with the Chicago Bears. And then, if you want to talk about college, I'm with Mizzou. I think both the Royals, Chiefs, Rams, and Cardinals all suck. They're just <laughs> terrible teams filled with bad people. Filled with bad people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favorite was right after the Cardinals lost the World Series, uh, Albert Pujols came to a Mizzou game, and it was a basketball game. Our whole shtick being the Antlers was being very loud and obnoxious. And so we were all, like, it was dead quiet, and he was like, I don't know, across the corner of the stadium from us. But like really close, so if you yelled, he could hear it. Okay. And so one of my one of my friends who was from KC yelled at the St. Louis player Albert Pujols, "Hey Pujols!" <laughs> and Pujols turns around this giant grin and looks right at him. He goes, "Nice showing in the World Series!" <laughs> and Pujols' face is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is Warner. Uh, hey, Scoopcast, I just got into playing first-person shooters. I wanted to know which ones would be the best to get, because whenever I ask a friend, they always tell me to get Call of Duty, but I want something different. Different? Uh, On what system? He doesn't say. Yeah. So, I don't know. We can each pick one. If I was going to say you should get the orange box, because half Half-Life oh, absolutely. games are absolutely. the absolute best first-person and, shooters. And it's got Portal in there, too. It's, yeah. not really, I mean, it's kind of a shooter. That's kind of You're shooting little shooter. holes in the wall. You're shooting little <laughs> holes in the wall. That's that's how I would describe Portal. If he's not like, uh, if it doesn't excite him, the normal first-person shooter like Call of Duty, yeah. uh, I'm the exact same way, and I really dug kills him. Like something about that uh, game's art style and the way it played out and stuff was really fun, and the multiplayer's cool. Hmm. You play any first-person shooters, Carl? Um, of course, yeah. Call of Duty. You're a Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Yeah. You gonna play Black Ops? You excited for Black Ops? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I didn't get to finish um, two, so really? I, I feel like I need to go back and do that first. But uh, but if it's if he's just starting Half Life, without a doubt, fun fun memories of that game. <sighs> so good. This is uh, it is good, Greg. Greg doesn't get the appeal. Uh, I didn't do it. You don't like Half Life. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not, and I don't knock. It's 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 a, just no. a very specific Greg Miller <laughs> yeah. problem. I totally am it with Damon. A, he says it's an amazing story. I I back Damon. <laughs> uh, this is Kramer Solinsky. He's a uh, wants to talk about Howard the Duck. Oh, what a great oh. movie! Talking about, you seen oh, Howard the Duck? Howard the Duck. Yeah. Duck. Wow, blast from the past. Yeah. We were talking about this. Uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, he says, hey guys, just a few funny notes about your episode a while back that happened to mention Howard the Duck. I listened to your podcast at work to block out the annoying sounds of the sale- salespeople on the phone all day and just started listening recently. I've been li- listening to some older episodes and came across the boob flash episode today. 
which was uh, that PSN show that uh, the, the, the Sony put up an anime. Yes, on yes, thing. yes, It yes. was for free. It turned out it had bare breasts. Yeah. And they had to pull it down. It was a big thing. And I was curious about this Howard the Duck character you were laughing vigorously about. Vigorously laughing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, you did that right as Carl was taking a drink. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> barfed up my wig. Probably got a first spit take on Game Scoop there. I proceeded to Google Howard the Duck, misspelled duck, accidentally Uh-oh. wrote Uh-oh. another word. It happened to be just at that moment that my boss had walked by my desk to see what I was working on and saw Howard the F on my browser. He quickly inquired about it. When I told him it was a mistake, it actually was supposed to say Howard the Duck, without even wondering why in the world I would be searching Howard the Duck on Google, he gave me a very empty gaze and said, that movie got my balls to drop when I was a kid. That's all you need to know. <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm glad we bonded with your uh, boss there. Uh, just thought you guys might enjoy that story, as well as when I heard you talk about the scene when Howard goes through some walls and sees the naked duck in the tub. This, all, this yeah, happens yeah, too. You that. see duck boobs in, in Howard the Duck. I decided to put a scene of that sort into the first game I head up when I get into the game industry. I'm going into a game design course in Vancouver this October, so you should expect it within the next five or six years. <laughs> we will look forward to that. We're we'll playing you. Call of Duty 12. <laughs> There's going to be duck boobs in Call of Duty 12. Uh, this is Thomas. Uh, I just finished Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. I must say that even though there have been a crap load of Spider-Man games, most have not been great, yet I've played every single one. I cannot believe how funny that game was. That game funny? Yep. We all know that Peter Parker is supposed to be funny, but it has never really translated well in games. But those dudes over at Beanox really had a winning script, script writing team. Even the ending credits are funny until the end. What do you guys think? Do you feel the same? What other games have you not only laughed at, but were actually impressed by how uh, well they were executed? So he's just asking about funny games. There have been funny games recently. Uh, the the Deathbank games are very funny. The second uh, episode of Deathbank came out this week, uh, created by Ron Gilbert from uh, the Monkey Island series. Those games are really funny. Oh, Strong Bad series is pretty funny too. Oh yeah, that was yeah. yeah. You, ever, you still talk to the, you still talk to those guys? He was supposed to meet me at E3, but he kind of uh, bailed. What an ass. Yeah. So. Um, I, I wish they would make more. Uh, yeah. Of the, uh, well, they're doing Telltale. the they're now doing that that poker game that has Strong Bad in it. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, that's a downloadable game. I guess Telltale's doing is a poker game. It's a single player poker game, but it's mm-hmm. got it's got Strong Bad. It's got the dude from uh, from Team Fortress. Telltale is making a poker game. Yeah, that's that's they they do point and click stuff. Well, I know, but they're also they got that puzzle game coming out too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, puzzle Agent. Yeah. Like that's that now. Uh, also, Double Fine. Those guys make really funny games. Brutal Legend was really funny, and uh, Costume Quest comes out next month. Is it gonna be awesome. funny? Yeah, it's good. good. This is Mike. Hey guys, my name is. <laughs> My name is Wolfgang Bang. <laughs> I don't think so, Mike. <laughs> I was just wondering what your favorite Zelda game is. Personally, mine is Majora's Mask, just because it switches up the formula and has the best story. The time travel mechanic in that game is genius, and the amount of side quests is probably the most in any Zelda game. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you. Majora's Mask is also my favorite Zelda game. I, I would say, you know, it's probably my, only my favorite. I wouldn't say it's the best one. Minish Cap was probably the most fun mm. I've had in a, really? in a Zelda game, yeah. Mine was Ocarina of Time. Uh, for me, I, that was my first Zelda game, so being a Sega fanboy for the rest, first part of my life there. So uh, it wasn't you know, tried and true yet to me, so it was really, really cool to do the time travel, Sword and Stone stuff. Favorite Zelda game? <laughs> I'm going to put my hand up and say I have never played a Zelda really? game. Really? <laughs> wow. During that entire era, I wow. was a FIFA boy. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, all I did was play soccer or football. 
Uh, you know, the Zelda so I feel era, like I need to go back. The I, Zelda, Zelda era is still again. happening, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Zelda FIFA. Which is highly addictive. Um, but no, I said, you're right, there's, there's two or three things that I, I need to jump on. And oh. I've, I've, I've vowed this year, myself and a colleague, we're going we're gonna to do Final Fantasy from Final Fantasy 1 all the way through. Wow. No so, way. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. And, all and in one I'll year? Come back to you, I'll come back to you in like three years and go, what's about there? <laughs> but no, I vowed to start from very first, because I've, I've played sort of segments all the way through, but I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about doing the same thing with Zelda. Now you're going to do the remakes or are you going to do the originals? Um, I would love to do the originals if I can make sure my system can play <laughs> all the way so I may I may play wherever I can get my hands on once they're uh, once they're true to the original. It'd be hard to I was going to say if you're going to like play through all the Zelda games it'd be hard to like find all the uh, like the Game Boy Color ones. And, yeah. And, uh... Well, we have uh, we have a lot of systems in work, a lot of yeah. old school systems. So, if I can, especially the one there were two, eBay, there were two versions of a game, Oracle of Ages, Oracle exactly. of Seasons. Didn't Capcom do that one? Yeah, well, the flagship did that. Yeah, so okay. Capcom probably developed it flagship, but yeah, it was a script from Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike also wants to know our opinions on Skyward Sword. He says, "I hope they don't base the entire game just around motion controls because that would make it crap. Well, and no is. one wants to play crap. It is. I mean, uh, they're, 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 that's what they're designing around the idea of motion controls. Yeah." But, I mean, it's still going to be a traditional Zelda game. Uh, so far, I have not seen anything uh, about Skyward Sword that it needs work. impresses me. It definitely needs work. Agreed. Uh, this is Crocodilio. <laughs> Great name. Since God of Wars 1 and 2 have been released on the PS3 in HD, Eco and Shadow of the Colossus soon to follow, do you think there's any chance Microsoft would re-release the first two Halo games in HD? I only played half of the first game and none of the second game, but I might be willing to check them out if I could play them in HD and earn some achievements. If Microsoft loves money, they would. I would say that's very likely that that would be their Halo release for next year. Yeah. Do totally, you think so? I could totally oh. see that. Yeah. Totally Absolutely. see that happening. I'll go out and let him say no then. Right. <laughs> you're, just being, <laughs> you're just being contradictory. No, well, well, what is it? Does that not play into the Bungie thing at all? Like, well, it doesn't have to Bungie's be Bungie. Bungie's not making any Halo yeah. games anymore. Isn't Bungie? Reach no, is there, they're, they're, did they make the first two? Yeah. Yeah, but, but they, Bungie but made my, everything Microsoft up until now. Owns it. Microsoft owns so gonna the Halo some franchise. other group to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't <say> that. <laughs> I, 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 I think that's Halo what they're two, afraid of. Halo 2 is available for download too, right? Can't you... You can't. That's well, I mean, one of the ones you can download. Like, you Halo mean like games is. on demand or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe. But it's not in HD, or it's not. It's it's it, the graphics are the original. You know, okay. spoof up, spiff up the graphics, uh, add achievements, release them on you know in one box and retail. Okay. I could totally see that happening. Matt Jones, write this one down. Whatever number this is that I'm predicting. No. <laughs> okay. You heard it here. Uh, let's see. This is Peter. Hello, Scoop Crew. Lovers of games, harbors of Canadian criminals. Anya? Today, I submit to you irrefutable evidence that Greg is, in fact, Canadian. Oh, okay. Number one, Greg loves Back to the Future. He also loves Teen Wolf because he loves Michael J. Fox, a Canadian. Okay. True. I like Family Ties as well. Greg is very fond of Charles Onyet. True. Canadian. Greg drove through a snowstorm to get to IGN <laughs> because he's Canadian and used to copious amounts of snow. And number three, Greg loves Superman. Superman was created by a Canadian gentleman named Joe. Okay. Well, there's another guy too. What's that? There's another guy too, but whatever. Yeah. We can overlook him, I guess. So I submit to you, Gamescoop, that Greg is hiding the secret from you all. Deport him back to us in Canada, preferably on a cheese raft. No, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> You're not gonna get I don't him. like maple syrup that much. That's why. You, that's why you left. So you like yeah. Michael J. Fox? Yeah. Don't you, you ever see? Who doesn't like, like J. J. Fox? Did you ever yeah. see the movie Midnight Madness? I don't know. It was kind of like it's a mad, mad world, but uh, but like it was done in the '80s. It was so '80s. It was so. Yeah, 80s. it was basically always on the uh, I guess HBO 
um, late night thing. Yeah. He always played the Midnight Madness. It was such a crazy. You should should look it up on Netflix. Okay. It's Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox is in this movie. Okay. Well, no, I'm not Canadian. I know how to deal with snow because I lived in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. People in the Midwest know how to deal with snow. Snow, basically. You're just our hat, Canada. Get over it. <laughs> Uh, this is Ryan. What do you think of all the recent Bioshock Infinite coverage? The game won't be released until 2012, and yet there's already gameplay videos, teaser trailers being shown. Do you think they're building the excitement around the game too far in advance? What's the advantage of starting the campaign so soon? What's how, the- how lazy can Gettys be that he's just writing in questions <laughs> rather than coming to be on the show? I know. Well, he's still in Japan, but he wanted to, to participate, you know. Uh, I'm also wondering, considering the amount of content Irrational is willing to show, could the game be released ahead of schedule? Well, so this is something that you deal with, Carl. Like, like how, I don't know. Is a is it? You think a, a game that's coming out two years from now is it too early to be showing this sort of stuff? Um, no, I, yeah, I think there's a point where it is too early. Yeah. But I think it's you know you've also got to get that circus rolling. Right? Yeah. You got to get awareness and make sure that I think it's getting harder and harder. I think you've you've got to start so early now that uh, people sort of see the buzz. So retail, retail is obviously a huge component. And mm-hmm. I think with so many games coming out, you almost need to be able to be in front of retail as early as possible, showing how big this is going to be for them to look at it in 12 months time and think I'm going to make it a big part of, you know, my buy. So mm-hmm. I think there, there is a, there is a fine line about being too early. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, anything <laughs> two years is probably too early. <laughs> I think if Bioshock Infinite is March 2012, then yeah. they're probably on a good timeline. But if yeah. I think it's uh, September, yeah. it's probably a little bit uh, early for my liking. But yeah. uh, but no, I think, it, I, yeah, big titles, you've got to start a bit earlier. I think the days of starting eight months before um, or even 12 months before and, and hoping to make that big blockbuster and make sure that enough people know about it. There's a lot of competition for, for the airwaves right now. So, you know, you got to shout as loud as possible. But it's an interesting way. It's an interesting approach to uh, to announcing a game. I have to say, I've been watching it very closely. I, th- I think we first saw Lara Croft at GDC this year, yeah. so that was like four or five months out, which is actually a long lead time for a, a downloadable yeah, game. For a downloadable game, and I think everybody was excited to see what Crystal had been doing for such a long period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was uh, it was a it was it was long enough because I didn't we didn't need to get you know. I love retail, but we didn't need to get retail behind us as much That's as right, it was yeah. a DLC game. So it was more about driving awareness. So it's a complete, you know, different uh, different kettle of fish when you're looking at um, a, a retail skew. You so need to drive the, awareness. When's the next Gex game coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'll, I'll let you know when I find out. <laughs> that was on 3DO, wasn't it? Or, yeah, originally 3DO, yeah, but 3DO. then there was a bunch of 3D versions too. But yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I used to work with, uh, I think, the original producer on that, Lyle Hall. Um, back when I was doing beta testing, but yeah, he left. Uh, I think he was left Virgin to create that character. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's still hugely popular. We still get a lot of emails from yeah. people asking us, "When's the next one coming out?" <laughs> but it's interesting. With question to back to you guys is what you think of Bioshock starting so early, right? Because you deal with it. Yeah. You're, lo- you're you're constantly looking at games, you know, that are coming six, twelve, eighteen months. So is yeah. it too early? Or no, I mean that doesn't bother them because now we get to. I mean. We'll be covering that game for for two years, you know. I mean, the earlier we can find out about a game, the the earlier we can start coverage on it, you know. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, plus they'll go into blackout now. <laughs> yeah, they, not, yeah, I mean, that's true. That's, we, that's we're not going to see anything new for a long time. Yeah. Big splash, and I bet you won't see anything until E3. Maybe get a trailer at like the Spike Video Game Awards if they do, you know, like that. Yeah, when they like, when they announce a game that early, that they, they their strategy is so hard coded. It's like you know, yeah. you're not going to break from that like a big blackout period. Yeah. Carl, you mentioned working with retail. I don't, I don't know that a lot of people know that you basically have to, you, you basically have to like convince retailers to put your game on their shelves, right? 
Um, I think it's it's not just retail; it's everything. Like we got to show yeah. you guys that the game is well, yeah, good, right? So like retail, retail is a huge component. Yeah, right? you can't. You know, it's one of those components that you just can't underestimate. And I think with so many people and so many titles being pitched on a daily basis, I've been. You know, in the years now, with uh, I've I've been to a lot of Walmart and Best Buy and all these different meetings, and I've pitched games, and be amazed at how many games they have to look at in one day. So I think it's yeah. it's about starting early and making sure that they you know appreciate sort of the size of what you're building and the time and energy going into it, and that it's about driving awareness, right? So you know, it's a, it's a classic example with uh, with Bioshock right now. They're going to be in a perfect position to go to retail, so to say. Look at the buzz. Look yeah. at here's their metrics and and retail get on early. So. And I think that was something we did with Batman. I, you know, if you remember a year before uh, I shipped Batman, I did the promotion with GameStop where we did the A Life in Arkham, hmm. where we took one lucky winner and put them in. And that was hugely successful because it sort of showed everybody how big Batman was and how eager. And that was after getting the, the Game Informer cover. So I think it, retail is such an important factor that uh, it's about not necessarily how early, but making sure that you hit the right beats. There's mm. certain big shows on during the course of the year that you sit in front of all your retailers and you need to make sure that. Uh, you know, you've had something that's been able to sort of drive enough metrics to show them how big the title's going to be before those shows. Is is does GameStop is is that like the 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 get retailer? Like, do you have to? Is that like the one retailer you want you? No, I think you really want to get every. You know, there's there's obviously the the, the big four, the big five retailers, and uh, you know, I think because it is an exclusive games retailer, then of mm. course that's the one that you make sure that uh, you work a little bit. Not not a lot harder, but a little bit harder, mm. um, because it's, it's it's not that you necessarily want to, but it's about everybody else is. <laughs> and in order to have that presence, you know, with that retailer, you have to make sure you do something really big and unique and different. Mm. Um, but no, every every what's cool is every retailer has its different consumers, and it's about building a plan to those different unique people. Amazon is very different to Best Buy, and Best Buy mm. is very different to GameStop. Really? And that's what's that's what's cool about what we do. It's about you know picking unique promotions and opportunities. This is Caleb. Uh, what's up, guys? I'm 14. I have an issue. I recently bought Halo Reach. Great game. But my dad isn't down with it. He says this will be the last violent game I will get until I'm 17. I personally think this is pretty harsh, because that basically limits me down to Mario and SpongeBob, SpongeBob games for the next three years. <laughs> All right, that sounds... That's uh, exaggerated. That's, 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 uh, I know, I know. You could also play WWE SmackDown. <laughs> Uh, he says, I'm not a violent person. I'm relaxed. I've never gotten in a fight. I always am good in school. The only violent games I own are the original Bad Company, Alan Wake, and of course Halo. I love me some skate games, a bit of Madden, and some FIFA, but these won't last me for three years. So what are your suggestions for getting violent games without going to the store and without my dad knowing? <laughs> Uh, first off, it sounds yeah. like an empty parent threat. Yeah, my mom was—I was once doing bad in math, and my mom was like, "I'm going to send you to that Sylvan Learning Center." And I said, "If you send me there, I will tank all my grades. <laughs> I will do it just to spite you." Yeah, you could also try uh, GameFly. Maybe if you let your parents uh, sign you up for GameFly, then you can just get whatever games in the mail, right? Sure. Yeah. Don't support them. I'm just trying to help out our listener. He wants to play some games, you know. I think have a reasonable uh, conversation with your dad. Yeah. 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 I'm on the wrong side of the fence to be answering that question. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Uh, This is Devin. I have a little question for you guys. Is it okay that me and my buddy smoke pot and shoot squirrels? (laughs) What? (laughs) They are rodents and eat at our garden and dig several holes in our yard. They're everywhere you look these days and cause quite the damage. With a little convincing, my parents have given me the okay to take them out, although they obviously don't know we indulge in pot before a good hunting session. (laughs) We use my BB gun with a red dot sight on it. They don't stand a chance. My girlfriend finds it horrible that we take such pleasure pegging them out of trees, but I sleep well at night. Rest assured it doesn't affect the amount of... Well, never mind. Anyways, 
What do you guys think? My dad told me stories about tying a frog to a bottle rocket that's growing like, up in Scotland when he was younger. Terrible. So yeah. I say boys will be boys. I say boys will be boys. Please share your thoughts. As I would love to hear you guys talk about this. Is he, is a, can a BB gun kill a squirrel? Or Apparently it, it does. does. It can. Uh, I mean, yeah. He says he's taking them out. Uh, yeah, I'm not like into a, the whole cruelty that animals Yeah, that's so. my problem. It feels like it. a real American pastime. That, I had a friend in Atlanta who I visited probably like 10 years ago. I remember going out into his back porch and he had a setup, which was phenomenal. Like you know, the big chair and the beer and the whole lot and the BB gun sitting on the side and all the ammunition sitting there. Yeah. And he had two or three big trees at the back. And he was like, this is what I do every evening. <laughs> He was also uh, shooting squirrels. He was there. also shooting <laughs> squirrels. But the only problem was he put bait. So that's not right. He used yeah. to bait like them he, to They make house. a, okay, the garden, I guess. And, you know, that's what, I've never really heard of, of, of squirrels being like a nuisance, though. Oh, they and are like well, causing we, we damage. Have, you know, my parents' place, there's, there's a, a bird feeder. And they yeah, the I, 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 I can see that. Yeah. That kind of thing. And I, I suppose the closest thing uh, that, that we've done, uh, my nephew had a paintball gun. And so you can scare the. The, the squirrels away with the paintball, they're not going to kill the, the, yeah. the squirrels. It's going to scare them away. So I'm not into, you know, shooting them just to kill them off. Yeah. I don't know. It's a gray area. It's, it's, I don't think it's something I definitely wouldn't do. Yeah, it's not, yeah that's right. That's you're trying to protect your garden, I guess. Yeah. The pot thing I'm fine with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with that either. Yeah. He's just uh, trying to justify his, uh, his shooting squirrels thing. Yeah. Maybe uh, we had the same kind of story, but we don't. <laughs> I, I did have a BB gun when I was a kid. I had a pretty awesome, couple awesome BB guns. I enjoyed shooting my BB gun, but I didn't really shoot. I didn't shoot animals, you know. What'd you shoot then? Well, you like set up uh, cans, milk, milk cans, and milk cartons and stuff. Yeah. I have a couple in the office. I'm amazed at how precise they are. I'm sure is they're it, amazing it, today. Now, is it a BB gun or is it an airsoft gun? I have two BB guns and I have a couple of airsoft. Because okay. whenever people leave, it's for some reason it's one of the things people leave behind <laughs> well, you can't, you can't take it on a plane to, they don't want to go to their new job with a gun the well, first yeah. thing they do is what's up guys try and get that through plane security forget it uh, yeah uh, this is Chris he says I am a faithful listener Listening to you guys talk about my passion, gaming and knocking boots, makes my workday seem to fly by. So first off, let me thank you guys for taking the time to entertain the masses. We all appreciate the guys, the job you guys do a lot. I have a quick professional question. I live in Connecticut and I'm a web developer. I got started in this industry with one goal in mind, to work for a video game company designing the websites for their video games. I've searched the corporate sites of a lot of video game companies, but I rarely find a job posting for their web department. I'm curious if there is another secret spot that you guys know about that would help me get a leg up in the comp- on the competition or at least a foot in the door. I can take it from there. Uh, I think I know a lot of. Uh, I know a lot of companies do have send it out to third parties. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. They outsource yeah. their web development. Yeah. Send your resume to me. I'm looking for somebody right. Oh, you really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent. Uh, so there yes. you go. Look send send it to Crystal Scoot. Dynamics. That's Carl, Carl Stewart at Crystal Dynamics. They're looking for a web development. But I do know, like, Sony has a, a, a web design firm, firm in San Francisco that they use that David Adams works for. Founder of GameScoop. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of them just use third party Nintendo's companies. web development is done in New York. So, but they're, they're internal. Yeah, okay. But so Crystal Dynamics doesn't, you're looking for someone internally for the yeah, web development? Yeah, internally. Cool. We, we still use external agencies for, for, for building the bigger thing but I think with technology moving on so quickly that you need to have somebody in house who's constantly going to be looking at improvements uh, do you ever shave your armpit hair or trim it do you trim it <laughs> no I can't Greg? say I've ever done it but I did, la- I did it last week yeah yeah, yeah it, well, I was like brushing my teeth right and like I looked <laughs> oh, you I, decided I, I, looked, I looked down and I had like a plume of hair I'm like well this is gross <laughs> so I just went in and just like trimmed it I still have armpit hair I just trimmed it to me a reasonable length I'm happy with the results <laughs> alright cool uh, Chris? Are you addicted? No, I haven't done it since. Oh, when it gets, when again, well. when it looks like buckwheat's popping out of my <laughs> armpit, I'll do something. 
Chris says, I once a few years ago cut down my armpit hair. And I have to say, it wasn't very comfortable and do not recommend it. So with all the hairs cut down, they were spiky and it hurt to put my arms down. <laughs> so needless to say, I've never worried about the armpit hair See, since. Again, so you didn't no, shave at all. Exactly. Yeah. He's talking about like shaving, like your he, stubble on your face. Yeah, yeah. I just gave myself a haircut. Your hair ain't spiky. Uh, but Kenny says, back in college, I used to shave my armpit hair all the way. It was because when my girlfriend was staying over, we shared a twin bed, and she would sleep with her head near my armpit. Yeah. And I realized that if she were to take up, if she were to wake up face deep in pit Ugh. hair, that would be gross. I shaved as a courtesy. Now that I have a queen size bed, it's not an issue. <laughs> and Michael Weir says, Real quick too, I, how awful is it to share a twin bed with somebody? I don't mind it if you, I mean. Like if you're with a girl, like I like, I mean, like when I'm with a girl, I, I, I sleep that same way too. So I, you're not. That's the only amount of space you're taking up. Is there a smaller than a twin? Am I thinking? No, a twin is the smallest. I yeah. Think. Oh mm. man, that was terrible. Well, you're, you're you're bigger than me. Yeah, I'm Greg know, Miller. Bigger, I know. You need some face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when you're in college, you don't care whether it's a single bed or a sofa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Michael Weir says, I absolutely trim mine, not very often, maybe a few times a year. A standard beard trimmer with a half-inch attachment works well, he says. I actually tried shaving them shaving them once, but I got careless and sliced my armpit. Oh. And it burned like hell when I applied deodorant. Yeah, I bet. Jeez, dude. <laughs> so I had to go a couple days wearing deodorant in only one pit. The joys of modern grooming. Uh, so apparently it's not the weirdest thing in the world to shoot, trim your armpit. Well, I didn't think it was. I was just seeing what the word. No, I think uh, a back cracking sack probably is weirder than that. Oh what now? Backcracking sack. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, uh, now I, I now that I okay. There you go. Yeah. I'm imagining you got it. it. Yeah. I I'm, I'm trying to figure out what 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 it Back, is. Back and sack. Oh okay. okay. There gotcha. you go. Gotcha. Also, Carl, for a billion no, I've never dollars. Had a <laughs> for a bi- this is a game. No, wait, oh, gee, okay, no? bring this up again. No, you don't. I, to? I, I I don't know how. Uh, I mean. <laughs> All right, that's it. That's enough scoops for you, everybody. <laughs> I mean, we. I, now, I'm no, trying fine. to. I'm trying to size up Carl here. How? I'm Carl's trying to, cool. That's how, I already sized him up. He's I'm cool. Good. All right, Carl. Yeah, this me. is now a reinsert. We ask and we can and, this. And Craig needs the answer too. Yeah. Seeing as how he wasn't here last week. All right. For a billion dollars, <laughs> would you drink? And Carl's a never. Carl's never going to come back. Full of semen. <laughs> a bucket. Yeah. A bucket? A bucket full of semen for a billion, billion dollars. dollars. Hillary Goldstein and Alex the intern said they would do it. Is it my I semen? I would try for sure. No, but everybody's been tested. It's not, it's not even the You sex. do not know where the semen has come from. But everybody's it's, not, it's not an issue of like... Is it human semen? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a human... Oh, like, difference. Who can do this bucket full? Is that I mean, one no, person? I don't think it's possible. I don't think anybody would be able to Is do it. Is it a delicacy in some countries? <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Like if it's if it's a delicacy and like is it fresh? Ghana, then that's yeah yeah yeah. Uh, well, freshly squeezed. I, I, sure. No, freshly are, squeezed. Are the people that are responsible for it staring at you? No. <laughs> it's a bucket filled a billion dollars on the table. You know, I would probably do it. I would I definitely do, try. Like, I just I don't no, think anybody can do it. That's my thing. I think that's too much yeah. liquid, especially too well, much. Well, yeah. I mean, like you do that that gallon milk challenge. You exactly. Can't, you can't exactly. take down a gallon of milk. It's impossible. Alex, the intern, was saying he'd spread it out over a few days. No, see, I don't think you can do that. Yeah. That's, that's really not, bad. Yeah. Like, you're going to the fridge, this <laughs> three fourths bucket <laughs> on your cereal. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's. Oh, oh, man. Man. And on that note, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Carlo. You're uh, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it a pleasure. Cool. <laughs> uh, but that is all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Carl. Thank My you. name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. And we're out.
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.